0: On podcast 1879, 0% Tesla finance, V4 superchargers continue to be rolled out, and GM's battery production. Stick around, I'll tell you more. One of the things that amazes me is when any individual or company signs up to support the show on Patreon, and it's amazing when somebody comes back as well. Obviously, through COVID, people dropped out. All of our financial situations were unknown totally expected that people would uh, do those cut cutbacks and things. I think I peaked about 260 individual patrons back in the day. I think it's about 179 I'm at now. I'd love to get to 200 by Christmas. That'd be such a good thing to uh, to achieve. Uh, but a returning executive producer got an email a few days ago from the Patreon platform saying that Asir Khalid had uh, re-signed up as an executive producer. I'd missed that he had uh, gone. So sorry because uh, I like to send people a little thank you note obviously when they stop their um, subscribe And people do come back. And uh, thank you so much for being a returning executive producer. Name in the show notes. Give you a shout later. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information for Sunday, 30th of July. It's Martin Lee here. I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with something that could be nothing, but might be something, but could be nothing. It is 0% finance from Tesla. Now, that's a big deal because 0% means that they are taking the bill their end. In a marketplace that is wildly different from a couple of years ago, zero percent in the car world doesn't really exist in finance at the minute. Because uh, you've got to be a big car maker. I think Volkswagen are doing it on the outgoing ID. Three before the refresh, and could that be? It's almost certainly why they're doing it on the Model Three, at least in the UK. New website as well from Tesla, just with the headings at the top: vehicles, energy, charging, discover, and shop. No longer saying you know Model S, Model. Uh, three X and Y, and spelling sexy out. But um, um, so you click on vehicles now. Model three. It's not on Model Y. Not on S and X. We get the left-hand drive versions of those, by the way. Here, thanks a lot, to Elon. But um, the Model Three is zero percent. Big deal because interest rates have been rising around the world as markets, whether it's the the, you know, the central banks, um, uh, have been trying to just tame uh, rising inflation. Or oh, well, we had a prime minister here for a period of time, and she was absolutely shocking and uh, kind of killed the The markets and the interest rates shot up, and it killed our mortgage payments. And she long gone now, but thanks a lot for that. government. however, zero uh, percent really un, kind of unheard of at the minute, and it just means that Tesla have a bigger bill to offer zero percent financing, which they are doing on the Model Three for new cars starting at forty thousand four hundred and seventy. They're inventory cars, but they're new. It does, I don't you know. It says inventory. And you think that sounds like secondhand, but it's not. They're brand new cars. They've got no miles on. They're just sitting in Southampton docks waiting for you to go pick them up, please, because they built a ton of them, stick them on a boat, and then they haven't got a buyer for it. Large selection as well, pretty much whatever spec, color, size, and shape you want of a Model 3. You can get that in inventory right now. Big discount as well uh, to get all that money off. Uh, should be 42990 nine ninety, but it's 40470 The website says 0% financing for new deliveries till the 30th of August. Tesla Motors Limited is acting as a credit broker, not a lender. Rates are valid for new orders placed until 31st of August, uh, but uh, you must take delivery before the 30th of September. So I put it to you, that date of you must take delivery by the 30th of September, does that mean the 1st of October is the date for the new Model 3? So that's the only data point I can find, apart from the fact that, of course, There's tons of sightings of the new validation prototypes driving around in camouflage. So, but is that they're doing finance deals, they're doing finance offers to get the last three uh, old Model 3s out the door before the brand new one comes out in October. It just could be something or it could be nothing, but I noticed it. And, you know, I wouldn't uh, these days, um, you know, a bit more old, a bit more conservative with my money um back in the day i had beautiful cars in my driveway they were all financed and and now we don't have such fancy cars but at least we own them and so uh I, i'm i'm not really in the the sort of lingo and finance and stuff we just if we can't afford stuff we don't have it uh these days but um you know in my 20s absolutely was doing car financing and stuff and uh, uh and that seems like a it, you know If you are needing to do that, it seems like a decent deal. But, uh, you know, probably, you know, I mean, I don't know if buying a new car is ever a good deal. I know EV prices have gone up recently. Plenty of people bought Teslas, drove them for 20,000 miles and sold them for more money than they bought them for. But those days are long gone now. So let's get into the new Model 3 then. Shanghai, Gigafactory and Fremont as well. Having little shutdowns here and there. I imagine it's for, you know, none of it is for a wholesale change. But new bits going into the production line, camouflaged, validated prototypes driving around California and Shanghai in China with blacked out windows and covered dashboards. That signifies a big redesign. You don't cover the dashboard up if it's the same, do you? We have seen on YouTube, somebody was flying a drone and caught the dashboard being totally covered up, but the steering wheel had no stalks on the new Model 3, so following the S and the X. And it also caught the driver reversing the car and reaching out to touch the screen, which you would presume to put it in reverse because they didn't touch a stalk because there aren't any stalks. So you would think that that's the, the design styling, the design language from S and X. Going through to the 3 and eventually the Y, you would think, no yoke. That is why people keep talking about steer by wire in the Model 3. Well, you'd, you'd need that if it was a yoke, but it's also expensive. And I think this Model 3 is all about... Reducing complexity, not adding it. Uh, Matrix headlights, not a big deal. That would be catching up with the rest of the world. Uh, hardware 4, not a big deal. Uh, things like ventilated seats, new ambient lighting, better sound system, not a big deal. Uh, perhaps some new materials in there as well, and so we will continue to watch that. I don't know what the date that Model 3 could come out as, but I don't know. That, that ending of the special finance deal just makes me think it's probably around that time. All right, let's move on and Tesla credited with many things including driving the electric vehicle industry forward when there wasn't one and doing things differently innovatively and well zigging when everyone else zags but experts saying their recent behavior such as aggressive price cuts and things like 0% finance deals leans heavily into behaving well just like a traditional car maker Tesla sold almost 900,000 vehicles globally in the first 6 months of this year in the US they are still the dominant 60% player in the EV market. Elon Musk, the CEO, said that Tesla would be willing to reduce prices further and hurt their margins as long as they could increase demand and get market share at this crucial time. Analysts suggesting the Tesla's pricing model is not revolutionary, as some people say it is, or innovative anymore, and it has drawbacks, uh, along with other sales tools like reducing residual values for existing owners and potentially damaging the brand image. From a first-hand perspective, I have an alert set up on Autotrader on the app for all sorts of different electric vehicles to monitor used pricing just out of interest and things that would would be fun uh, to own or something one day. And one of them that stands out uh, to me is I have um, a filter set up on Autotrader for the Refresh, so post-2021, the Refresh Model 3 standard range Less than 20,000 miles, I think, I was put in. So you get sort of, sort of decent cars, not ones that have been absolutely ragged with high mileage. And that's been sitting at around thirty two, thirty two and a half thousand pounds pounds for a while now. And just in the last few weeks, I think the cheapest one, Kazoo, sell is about 28000 at the moment. You can get cheaper Model 3s, but that was my filter, which was the refresh one. So you got all the latest gadgets in there and the latest toys, latest interior. And that has seen a really big price decrease on particularly you know, Teslas over the last uh, couple of months, really. And it's you sort of think, well, how, how low could that go? And actually, late 20s for that vehicle, it, a low-mileage refresh Model 3, I think is really good value. So I've seen firsthand those residual values going down. If you've been trying to sell a Tesla, you probably would have noticed a similar thing. Tesla's direct-to-consumer model allows them to change prices quickly. It's no drama. It's no difference to dealers changing the price on a daily or hourly basis, according to supply and demand. Legacy automakers have been hesitant to follow Tesla's lead on EV pricing tactics, with many of them leaning on traditional incentives. Tesla's dynamic pricing has affected legacy brands as well. Uh, Ford, we saw reducing the price of their uh, F-150 by $10,000 as the EV market started to stumble a little bit earlier this year. And um, the Cybertruck isn't even out yet, but Tesla was driving prices down of electric vehicles, which made everyone go, well, hang on a minute, maybe these are getting a little bit cheaper. Mustang Mach-E, a direct competitor to what Tesla do sell. Uh, They've reduced the price of that at Ford as well. Tesla's been offering their own incentives like inventory vehicle deep discounts, free charging, and other incentives, which we'll get onto in just a moment, actually. Now, Tesla's sales are robust. I won't have it from anyone who says that they aren't doing well in terms of sales. People look at the rising inventory levels at Tesla and point to that as perhaps an indicator the company is not doing well yet but it's still a lot less than all of their competitors and it's great news for people like you and i the purchasers of electric vehicles even if we're not in the market for a tesla Bringing those prices down to a sensible level is no bad thing. All right, moving on. Well, if you're a Tesla owner already, you may have seen this pop up inside your app. Tesla has updated its owner referral program to include sign-ups for demo drives. Owners get rewarded for others getting test drives. The company believes the best way to sell an EV is to get someone to drive one. And I entirely agree with that. I've been banging that drum for years. To encourage more test drives... Tesla's added the option in its referral program for owners who refer people for demo drives Instead of directly referring them to buy, uh, to be incentivized to sign people up for test drives with a 100 Tesla credits per sign-up for potential buyers, if they purchase a vehicle following a demo drive from a referrer, they will receive benefits from the program as well. $500 off the car, three months FSD on a three or a Y, and $1,000 off and three months FSD for S and X. Now, let's talk about the increasing rollout of Tesla V4 superchargers, something I'm enormously excited about about, because we saw on the most recent nameplates of the V4 Superchargers, somebody in the Austrian one, I'll get onto that where it is in a minute, uh, posted that onto Twitter, and the nameplates of the V4s have been differing so far. This isn't the nameplate on the, the power cabinet, but this is the nameplate actually, you know, the little stamped plate that you get on the back. This on the dispensers themselves, and this one was 1,000 volts and 1,000 amps. Now, I don't, for a minute, you know, if you multiply those two together, then you get one megawatt. I don't, for a second, think they're going to try and do one megawatt charging with the CCS2 connector, I've seen 500 kilowatt charging absolutely fine. I think I saw some trials of 700 or 750 kilowatt charging on the CCS2 connector, even though I don't know if it is as part of the standard meant to go up to those speeds. I mean, who knows? With enough cooling, maybe that CCS2 connector could handle a megawatt. I don't believe it can, but I am, you know, I'm not exactly running Charon here. So um, maybe, I don't know. But that's really, really impressive with the Tesla V4 supercharger. Uh, The first one. Was Back in March in the Netherlands, 16 stalls. The second one was in France near the Ibis Ibis Hotel on one of the main roads there. 12 stalls and a pull-through as well. The third one was opened also in France on the A7 with eight stalls. The fourth one I'm talking about just opened up in Graz in Austria. Eight stalls there, but more to be added. And that's the one where somebody put a picture online of those V4 superchargers. 1,000 volt, 1,000 amp. Juicy. And the fifth one just opened up the last couple of days in Rennes in France. 20 stalls. Those ones, though, have a capacity of 250 kilowatts each. So it seems like with every V4 supercharger site that gets opened, they're all slightly different power capacities. Well, it will shake out in the fullness of time. The most recent three, I believe, so not one and two, but the next three that opened up are all also open to third party parties. I don't think the first one in the Netherlands, the second one uh, in France, I don't believe that one. I think they're locked down to Tesla's. Again, that could have changed since last time I looked. And so, longer cables, faster charging, capable of handling, you know, high voltage. That's going to be fantastic for those platforms that run higher voltages. Not just Lucid, which runs up 900 volt way, but uh, some of the you know South Korean cars, the Hyundai's and Kias and Genesis, which get called 800 volt systems, but they're you know sort of late six hundreds and stuff. But uh, any of those higher voltage architectures, the Taycons, Audi e-tron GTs, etc. That those chargers will be able to deliver everything they need. In terms of how much current goes down that cable and into the car, we well, we'll 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 wait and see. But the V4 superchargers just look deeply impressive. I mean, physically they look cool. I'm not sure they look as cool actually as V3s with the hold through the middle, because these are solid, but I mean, you know what? Who cares? It's aesthetics. If they can deliver the juice for whatever car turns up, not just Tesla's, but any car that you know, any truck that is turning up, then uh, we can't wait to see those, those vehicles, the ones with the big battery packs, the likes of, you know, the Hummers and, and Ford F-150 Lightning, Chevy, Chevy Silverado EV is going to have a big old 200-kilowatt-hour-plus pack. Um, any of those big battery pack trucks, when they start rolling these out in the U.S. and we start to see these V4 superchargers really get to stretch their legs. I mean, Tesla is just on fire right now. I'm tempted to say everybody else go home because that's brilliant. Thousand volt, thousand amp. Like I say, that's not the, I don't think the connect, it's not a megawatt charging connector. The MCS connector is something different. The one that can go up to 3000 amps. That is a, that's the big triangular chunky boy. So, And that really is a chunky boy. Uh, but, uh, oh, man, we'll wait and see how many more V4 superchargers get rolled out. I think the first one in the UK is going to be Swindon, or at least the planning permission is in for Swindon. Um, keep an eye on that. Right, coming up on the podcast soon, we'll talk Mercedes-Benz and their management, what they think of those managers moving to electric vehicles, and GM's battery production in Canada. Stick around, those stories and more are on the way. Okay, let's talk Porsche next. And I mentioned earlier this week their EV charging hub in Germany will be opening up, and it has done. Now, that's the six DC fast charging stalls that run at 300 kilowatts and the 422 kilowatt uh, AC posts. They will be upgraded to 400 kilowatt chargers, which does somewhat tip Porsche's hats, isn't it? It's like, uh, oh, by the way, we're going to be making cars at some point soon, which can... You know go faster than the, uh, the 270 kilowatts that the tycon can charge at the moment. otherwise, why would you bother going any faster than 300 uh, with those charges? So they're can put 400 kilowatt charges in um, as I mentioned previously on the podcast that's all opened up now they're going to be opening up uh, very soon in Austria, Switzerland, more in Germany as well these air airline or airport style lounges, snacks, drinks, someone to bring you a decent coffee or something like that. You know, if you're in the Porsche ecosystem, well, that's all very nice. Mercedes-Benz have given a vote of confidence in their management, exactly the opposite of what happened at Volkswagen, where they replaced Herbert Diess. not impressed with what he was doing. I thought what he was doing was excellent, but I'm sure people at Volkswagen who were you know deep in the misery of the software delays and carry out and all those things might have a different opinion. But from the outside, I thought he was doing a great job with moving VW to electric uh, electric cars. And Mercedes Benz board have given a vote of confidence in what their management are doing. The CEO, Ola Colenius, and the CTO, Marcus Schaefer. Now, the CEO, Ola Colenius, has been extended for another five years, way before he was due to do that contract extension. So he's there through to the end of the decade, and the CTO will be there till 2026. The extensions reflect the board's confidence, they say, in the leadership of those two gentlemen who are moving Mercedes Benz to an electric future. Digital future. They praise the strategic vision in implementing their new business strategy. I've got to admit, actually, Mercedes Benz EVs are some of the best out there. Not the most efficient, not the quickest, but they feel properly premium. And I think even all the way down to an EQA feels really, really nice. I'm not fully on board with the styling of the EQB. The EQC is. Continues to be fantastic. Yeah, it could be more efficient, and yes, it could go further with what it's got, but I still think very, very gorgeous. And uh, the CEO, Ola Kalanias, in a separate story, has been emphasising the transition to electric vehicles as being a marathon, not a sprint. He believes the industry is only at the very early stages. He compared it to being on the eighth kilometre of a marathon, which is, what, 40Ks. Uh, The company reported an 8% increase in their earnings, and in the second quarter, €5 billion. 5.48 billion US dollars equivalent sales of BEVs reaching 61,000 in the second quarter of this year, compared to 31,000 in the same period for last year. Also, a lot of plug-in hybrids still being sold at Mercedes-Benz. He's also highlighted the investment in new architectures to define the next generation of Mercedes-Benz electric vehicles. Moving on, General Motors announcing plans to start producing Battery uh, EV model uh, modules at <laughs> their Ingersoll plant in Canada by the second quarter of next year. The move aimed at supporting GM's growing production of EVs as battery supply became a bottleneck recently. I told you uh, about the halting of production on the Bright Drop EV transporter van line at the Ingersoll plant for the entire month of July because of battery supply problems. The new facility there, which will be 37,000 feet, will assemble cells into modules for the Bright Drop vans, part of the ultimate platform gm not specifying the source of the cells that they will use to then assemble into modules at the plant you'd think it's lg though wouldn't you with the ltm stuff uh, recently uh, the production was confirmed at Ingersoll to be fifty thousand of those bright drop vans annually uh, which is decent i mean they're great vans as well and they're very much in demand moving on The International Energy Agency expects China's gasoline demand to peak in 2024, next year, bringing forward the previous forecast of when gas demand would peak. China's dependence on oil is declining. A sale to EVs that don't require refueling grows. China's demand for gasoline will peak early in 2024 because of electric vehicles. Peak production will be 3.7 million barrels of oil per day as early as the first quarter of next year, and then it will be in terminal decline. In the first half of the year, China sold 3.75 million electric vehicles, including plug-in hybrids as well, uh, up 50% on the same time last year. Two more stories, and Rivian's founder and CEO, RJ, RJ compared buying a petrol car, to buy a building a horse barn in the early 1900s when cars were flooding the market, reducing the need for horse-drawn carriages. He believes the traditional gas stations will disappear and a fundamental shift in the car market is underway, he says, regardless of government policies around the world. He said, and I quote, I think the reality of buying a combustion-powered vehicle in light of the policy that's coming is like building a horse barn in 1910. Imagine buying a Chevy Suburban in 2030. What are you going to be able to do with that? In 10 years, gas stations will be slowly disappearing. It's weird. Uh, that was his quote. He also mentioned that a vehicle is typically the person's second largest asset purchase that they make. And Buying a combustion car has no future in our society. And you've got to you know, look at the finance deals that people are doing on cars now. Was it sort of 70, 80 months and stuff? If you're doing that, it's a long time into your future in your life. And think about the depreciation on combustion cars. Wouldn't go anywhere. Wouldn't touch one with a... Stick. Be careful what I say there. Right, let's finish off with talking about General Motors warning the Biden administration. GM wants all the credit for uh, moving to electric and uh, going going electric. Mary Barra, the CEO, certainly loves those those positive comments that she gets from Joe Biden and the administration. But if you strip out the bolt, which is long in the tooth now, uh, they only really make a couple of thousand EVs uh, at the moment. So GM needs to buck their ideas up. Oh, they've got lots of plans, and it's all coming. It's all you know down the line, but... You take the bolt out, and it's well, there's not a lot going on at GM at the minute. Um, there will be, but for now, no. However, the Biden administration has looked at the warnings that GM has given them about the tightening of the emission rules and said, "Jog on, mate." GM's executive David Strickland met with the White House recently about fuel economy proposals. GM told the White House that the automotive industry could face a 100 to 300 billion. Dollar penalty by 2031 because of the stricter emissions rules. The White House responded by saying pure speculation and that GM's forecast was inaccurate. Oh, wow. Absolutely slapped them down on that. A group representing the major automakers like the Detroit 3 and more uh, wants the EPA to significantly soften their emissions tightening requirements, calling it neither reasonable nor achievable. I'm not sure their protestations will go very far, but always worth remembering, Uh, despite some of the excellent work that these legacy car makers are doing going electric, some of them some of them talk out of both sides of their mouth sometimes but it's not as simple as that you know it's easy for me to be an armchair critic but as i mentioned on yesterday's podcast ford need people to carry on buying you know f-150s and diesel trucks because that is providing the money to go electric and not bankrupt themselves on the journey so this isn't an easy thing they're doing But equally, let's not let uh, uh, anything get in the way of that move to cleaner air. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, and National Car Charging on the US mainland. Also Aloha Charge there in Hawaii. Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel are getting a rebrand, but still brilliant content. And Octopus Electroverse Global Public Charging Made Simple with one more app and one map and our most recent premium partner, Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Thanks to our partners, David and Lisa Allen, Yuka Kukunen from Shift2Electric.com with a number two in the middle. Rajiv Narayan, Michael Lumley and Battery Reports for your EVs. Get them at RecurrentAuto.com and our exec producers as well. Adrian Bond, Alan Shedd, Alex Banahini, Anders Ho, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luoma, Andy Nancaro and Lillian Kass, Asir Khalid, Bjorn Fugestate, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brendan McCarthy at North Fork, Ironworks, Brian O'Leary and longtime supporter Brian Thompson. Bruce Bohannon, Chad Lane, Giles Hall, Christopher Barth, Colin Hennessy, and Cam ZV. Craig Rogers, David Dysart, David Finch, David Partington, David Prescott, DCEV, and Ed Cortine, Eddie Regassa, Eric Hansen, Eru, Cuny, Nyombi and Frederick Rovick, Gary A. Hammond, Gene Rubin, George Totrollo, Heinrich Leisner, Helmut Selker, Ian Still Waters, UK Benjamin, Ian Waddy Watkins, and Ian Griffiths. Ian Sear, Jack Oakley, Jacob Coon, James Penfold, James Storr, Jan from eMobilityNorway.com, Jim Morris, John Schroeder, John Vandervoort, John who is Beardy McBeardface at Ken TVs, John Manchak, Juan González, Kester Sandback, Kevin Madison, Lawrence D, Allen, Lee Brown, uh, Luke Cully, Marcel Ward, Nathan Gore Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs, Ohad Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, uh, Peter Reiner, Phil Moucher, Philip Forrester, Philip Troutman, Raymond Rowledge, Realtor's Choice Photography, Rob from the RS Thinks EV channel on YouTube, Robert Grace, Roosevelt Watson, Taki Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, The Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, Thomas J. Tius, uh, Timothy Phillips and Tyler Voss. Have a good and see tomorrow for a brand new week. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.